Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me, my friends. I have to start off by apologizing for my voice. I am recovering in recovery mode from being ill, and uh, I apologize to you in advance. I hope that you will listen in spite of this, because I do have a really heartfelt podcast for you today that I really want to share with you. And so uh, I'm just coming off of a a time of vacation. And then of course I get sick after vacation, which is just grand, isn't it? Everybody knows that. I I know some of you are right in the middle of the throes of vacation Bible school and camp seasons. Uh, As we record this, we're in the end of uh, June uh, in 2022. And yeah, it's just that season where tends to people get sick. Um, And uh, maybe this is a little viral. I don't know. But anyway, um, needless to say, my heart is in this podcast today. And I really want to share some things with you that I think are important. And I'm going to ask the big question. Why is ministry so challenging right now? I want to hopefully answer some questions, but more than even digging into answers, I want to talk to you about how we can respond to the challenge, how we can respond to the uphill battle that we're fighting, it feels like at times, or sometimes the never-ending battle that you may face right now. So I hope you'll find this as encouraging. It's not going to be a long podcast, so stick with me as we jump into this episode of the KMC, the Kid Ministry Collective podcast. So let's think about why is ministry so challenging right now? Why is it so hard? I'll use that word. Why are we in a hard season? Well, I think there's been a big shift and I think everybody would agree with that. The pandemic has shifted and sifted the church. And so because of that, we still have continued to see people who maybe were or maybe were not true believers walking away from the church, um, not attending anymore, not making it a priority anymore. Um, There's all sorts of reasons and criticisms and back and forth, and that's not the essence of this podcast, so we're not going to go that long. But the reality is, is attendance has shifted. Um, We've seen it, and the the effect of that is that it causes a, a lack of volunteers or a lessened of commitment for, from volunteers. It often feels like a lack of support even now from lay people and even from senior leaders at times when you're sitting in the chair of the children's ministry or student ministry or family ministry. We also know that time is of the essence today and people are strapped for time or have gotten busier since the uh, end of the quote-unquote pandemic Um People are going back to their old normal stuff in some ways instead of changing and adapting to some of the new things. And and yet then there are so many things that are brand new. So why, why is this such a problem? Why is this such a struggle? Why is ministry so hard right now? Well, 
I think one of the things that we can do to respond instead of react to all of these things is to think about are our expectations and ask this question, are our expectations right or are they wrong? Are they misplaced? Are our expectations still in the past rather than what we should be expecting now in the new now, as I like to say? And so let me ask some other questions too. Why do we expect things to be easy in ministry? Why is it that we have this high expectation that ministry will go smooth and easy and that we should always have a quanta, you know, an overflow of volunteers and resources and time? You know, God's word says it's going to be a battle, that it's going to be a challenge. Uh, why do we expect that ministry will not be tiring or draining at times? Or that we will face opposition? Or that there would be a season of drought? I saw someone post not long ago of how discouraged they are that they have been in ministry for a, a few years now, and they have yet to see fruit in their ministry is what they consider fruit. They don't see the outward results and they're getting discouraged wondering, is it worth doing still? You may be feeling that too, my friends, that you're maybe you're in a smaller church and you, you've got the same people coming and, or maybe not even the same people coming. And you're wondering, am I making a difference? Can I just stop all of this for just one second and say, whoa, the enemy is telling you lies. The enemy is feeding you wrong expectations. And I pray that even now you will sense God's presence and know that he sees you, that he knows what you are doing and the hours and hours that you labor, the resources that you personally give and invest so that children can have someplace safe to be known and loved and cared for and to be taught in an age-appropriate way. Every one of you that's listening to my voice, please hear, I know you, I see you, I care about you, I want to be here to serve you. So if you're getting discouraged, if you're getting worn down, if all of the challenges, all of the shifts, all of the lack all of the loss has overwhelmed you or is starting to overtake you, please reach out. You can even go over to Restoring Leaders. The fastest way is to go to restoringleaders.org and click a set up a call button. And let's take 30 minutes and talk. Share your story, vent, release, exhale. Okay, so anyway, back to the, back to the, the chat here. So maybe our expectations are wrong. Maybe they're right. When it comes to, to, to dealing with ministry today, here are some things that I feel like God has been teaching me as I volunteer, as I work with other leaders, as I coach leaders uh, myself, and as I work with them and, and help them through some of their challenges in a personal way, uh, in a ministry way. Here's some things that, I'm, I, that we've been talking through. We have to flip our mindsets. The mind is such a powerful, powerful tool. And if we are going to uh, walk through this season, this hard season in a way, um, in my book, Valleys Over Mountains, I wrote a chapter called Embracing the Valley because every one of us 
is going to find it. And I put this quote at the very top of the chapter that when you find yourself in a valley season, you've got to learn not to resist, but to embrace. Don't rush your way through the valley. Embrace it fully in total surrender. One of the greatest lessons I've ever learned in my own life, and I learned this from my father, as I watched him surrender his heart to the fathers in those hard seasons. I want to challenge every leader listening to my voice. If you're going in a hard season, even if things are going great, and maybe it's not so hard right now, but it's, it's been hard. And I want you to make sure that your mindset is one of surrender and embracing. Surrender to the Father and embrace his path. Embrace this hardness. Embrace this, this season. Don't resist it. As you enter into this, maybe, maybe you're in a spiritually dry season. Maybe you're flirting with burnout. Maybe you're flirting with quitting completely. Maybe there's discouragement. Maybe there's some depression. You know what? Lean into those things. Embrace them, yes. But surrender them to the Father. Give them to Him. I remember walking in Yosemite Valley and coming to a place where I had to surrender all my agenda, all my expectations, both met and unmet to the Father. And I let Him reset my heart. I began to embrace what He had me there for. And so I want to challenge you to flip your mindset from one of resistance one of discouragement, one of focusing on those things and focus on him and embrace the father. As you do this, it's going to change perspectives. It's going to help you in every area, recruiting, planning, dreaming, creating. So change your mindset to start looking at the new now as new opportunities, not new challenges new opportunities for God to show up and provide. When you start facing that opposition, when you start facing that lack, that loss, flip it and say, okay, God, this is an opportunity for you to do something beyond my own strength and talents and abilities, beyond the curriculum and the flash and the bang. God, show me. Start focusing on that new now and the new opportunity for God to lean into you and for you to lean in to him. God uses these seasons of challenge for our growth to renew and refine us. Sometimes when we're tired and we're worn out, refinement and renewal hurts. It's hard. It's painful especially when we're physically and emotionally drained. But again, when you lean into it, when you flip your mindset to stop focusing on, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm so this, I'm so this. And insert the negatives. Flip it to the positives. I am so blessed for this. I am so encouraged by that. I see God working in this way. 
Scripture says in Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Not your mighty power, not your talents, not your abilities, not your curriculum, not your programming. Put on his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. Wow. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Scripture tells us to stand. So we have to stand in a new mindset that God is up to something big and we have an opportunity to be a part of it. Don't get discouraged by your lack or your loss. Stand. Keep taking next steps. Don't get discouraged when it feels like you're failing. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I was in a business conference. Actually, I had to attend online because of getting sick. And the host talked about the difference between Milton and Henry Hershey. Most people don't even know who Henry Hershey is because they only know his son, Milton, the creator of the Hershey chocolate bar. Originally, he was a caramel creator. He liked caramel and uh, he lived in Hershey or in, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And he started creating caramels first. But you know what? Milton Hershey had was described as someone who had this dogged persistence and courage to pursue through opposition. He was modest and unassuming, but he was a very shrewd and determined businessman. He was very loyal to people. He was very careful who he put in his inner circle, and he made sure that those people were loyal and able to help move him forward. And he measured success not in dollars, but in terms of a good product to give to people, but more was the usefulness of those dollars to benefit other people. Milton uh, lived, like I say, in Pennsylvania. His father, Henry was a very inquisitive man, loved to read, loved to get involved in lots and lots of different things. In fact, he pursued so many different things that his own wife was ready to leave him. And they began to drift apart because he kept pursuing adventure after adventure after adventure, never following through on anything. And he lost a fortune in the oil boom and developing a trout pond, trying to run a fruit farm and a nursery. There was all sorts of things that Henry Hershey did. He went in 50 million different directions. But Milton focused on one thing. Like I said, first he started with caramel. Eventually, he discovered chocolate and milk chocolate. And he ended up, because he didn't want to get distracted, by the caramel ended up be selling it for over a million dollars uh back in the, the 1800s uh 1900s because he wanted to focus on making the best chocolate for people it was an amazing thing to listen and read his story i now have a note on my computer screen that says be milton and i'm not henry keep taking those next steps. I want to, even though ministry is hard and even though ministry is challenging, 
I want to keep taking next steps. I want to keep helping more leaders take those next steps so that we can reach more people for the kingdom. But that also means that I have to have a mindset change. That you have to have a mindset change. Let me challenge you on a couple of things that maybe you're struggling with. Maybe one of your big things is a lack of volunteers right now. That seems to be like the number one thing right now. Let me give you a couple of things that I think you could do. Here's a couple of things that I think you could think about. In the short term, flip the model. Again, this is part of that changing the mindset. Now, now change the model. What do you need to do differently on a weekend experience, whether you have one service, two services, or more? What do you have to do to make it the best experience for the children? We often sit there and focus on the volunteer, the volunteer, the volunteer. But what about the kids? If the kids are having an amazing experience, if the kids are growing, if they're having fun, if they're connecting with people, they're connecting with their friends, it will draw volunteers. It does. The kids are contagious. They love to draw people to them. And if volunteers see that kids are enjoying themselves and they're having fun, it draws volunteers. I've seen it work. Trust me. So maybe you need to change the format. Maybe you need to think about a different style. Maybe you change up the order of service. Maybe you do simple themes that don't create a ton of extra work, but create high impact environments so that the children are drawn to come during the summertime. Maybe you need to change it so that you can operate with less volunteers, meaning maybe you have two small groups in one classroom with one leader in each group. Maybe you need to find a bigger room or if there's a, if you have the facility where you put everybody in one room and you do a lot of large group and then you do small groups around tables where you're all together so that you can have one to, to one leader to every eight to 10 kids. Um, you, you, you have to figure out what's best for you. If you get stuck, I'm glad I'm here for you. I will help you. We can talk this through. We can brainstorm, but don't say, well, I can't. If that's your first reaction, you need a mindset change. You should be saying, what can I do? God, what can I do? Father, show me you are the God of all creation. You are the master of creativity. God, I don't want to be spurting around all over like Henry. I want to be focused like Milton. And I want to make the best so that children can come to know you and walk with you in a deeper way. What do you have to do? Maybe it's you go all out kids church and you do one big church service for the kids. And you have a, a wide age group in, in there, but you do a variety of things during that kids church hour. And you repeat it for both of your services. Again, what can you do, not what can't you do? It's just for a short season. Embrace it. Dive into it. Instead of making it more challenging, free yourself. Try some new things. It could be totally amazing. You might learn some new ways of doing ministry. You don't have to work the 1970s model. Give yourself permission to do something new. Another thing I think that, that would help us is as we start talking to people, start shouting about what God is doing. So here's some things that I want you to think about. I'm going to wrap this up. I don't want to go too much longer. 
I don't know if my voice is going to hold up much longer and you probably don't want to listen to me much longer. So let me give you a couple of key things. I've used this with, with people that I'm working in the restoring leader stuff. I've worked this in the KMC coaching students. Uh, we've been talking through these couple of things. What are you doing to feed your heart on a daily basis? If you want to change the ministry focus, if you want to have a new mindset, it has to start with your heart. Out of the heart comes everything. So what do you need to change in your heart? What do you need to feed? Start focusing on the positive and shout about it everywhere you can. When you have something good happening in your children's ministry, get all over social media, get out and start telling people the story, tell your staff and tell it in staff meeting, talk to your pastor, send him an email, give him stories, her stories that, you, that just shout about what God is doing in the ministry. Trust me, it will attract people. Shout about him, everybody. Get your team to shout about him. Encourage a couple key people to be influencers and going out and telling other parents about what God is doing in the ministry. But that feeds your heart because those are good praises. And when we focus on our praise, God changes everything inside of us. It's amazing what it can do for our hearts. Again, changing our mind, renewing it every day. Take a few minutes every day to sit in silence, to sit in worship, to sit in praise. As you do that, even if it's as you go home each day and you sit in your car for five to 10 minutes and just sit quietly before the Lord, for some of you, that may be all you get. Trust me, God can take that little and do a lot. <laughs> he did a lot with a Lunchable. He can do a lot with five minutes of you sitting there and putting your mind in him. Another thing that will help with your mind and your heart is don't ruminate on the problems. Don't sit there and, as the cow does, chew its cud over all the problems and the lack and the loss. You see a lot of that in the Facebook groups, my friends. How about let's start shouting the praises? Let's start remembering what God is doing instead of ruminating on all the struggles and the challenges. There's a lot of hurt and darkness in our world. There's a lot of division. Satan knows his time is coming to an end and he is rearing up and he is roaring and, and growling and snarling. And he is going after our children and our families. He's coming after our churches. He wants to divide and destroy even more. And yes, he's going to come after you as a leader, as someone who follows Jesus, as someone who teaches children the word and truth. So don't ruminate on the problems. You want to restore your body and your soul as well, my friend. This is the last thing I'll share with you today. Take that time off. Schedule it, even if it's for a day or two, but I hope you're taking your vacation time at some point. Schedule it before you schedule other things. But go take a walk. Physical exercise is good for us. It restores us. It renews us. But so does sitting in silence, sitting in solitude. Get unplugged from social media. Oh, my Lord. 
I spent nine days with my family and I was off of social media for almost all of it. Every once in a while when we were bored, sitting in the evenings, if everybody was falling asleep, I would jump on and look at some things, but it was so good for my mind and my heart and my spirit to be off and unplugged. Said I just put my mind into scripture and into worship music. So why is ministry so hard? Well, it's going to be hard, gang. And it's going to get a little harder, I think. Are we going to fight these valleys, these hard seasons, or are we going to embrace it and watch the God of the mountains cause the earthquake, cause the, the, the beauty to happen through it all? In the hardness, there is beauty. In the valleys, there are beauties. The choice is yours. Embrace it or fight it. But either way, we're here. You and I are here for God's purpose. You and I are here to learn what he wants us to learn. We've got to embrace it. So block off some time. Turn off the notifications. Be still and know that he is God. Ask God to give you that focus like Hershey, like Milton, not Henry, so that you can bring your very best, something that is sweeter than chocolate to the boys and girls and the families you serve. I finish off with this favorite verse that my pastor shared in a message that I've put into my book from Matthew 6, 6. And this is the message. And this is what it says. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and as honestly as you can. The focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace. Let me read that one more time. Close your eyes and just listen. Hear God's voice saying, my son, my daughter, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to sit and find a quiet and secluded place so that you won't be tempted to role play before me. Just sit and be as simply and honest as you can manage. And the focus is going to shift from all the challenges. This is my paraphrase now. All the challenges, all the hurts, all the discouragements, it's all going to shift from you to me, the Father, and you're going to begin to sense my grace for you. My friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you peace and hope and joy. I love you, my friends. If there's anything I can do for you, please reach out. If you're not part of the Kid Ministry Collective Facebook group, I hope you'll come join it. If you're not a subscriber to the podcast, come join that. If you haven't left a review for us, I would love for you to do that. Again, my name is Tom Bump. I'm here to serve you. Stay tuned for another episode of the KMC Podcast, the Kid Ministry Collective, real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. 
If you would support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.